How are you today? How's everything going? Good. We're, not, we're, not, we're not recording. We're just live, right? No, we're both. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> How are you? Everything's all right. I mean, it feels like we haven't talked forever. My God, so much has changed. So it's, many uh, things must have happened since the last time we talked. I mean, this is, I feel like. Cash graduated, is that right? Yeah, he graduated. Boy, he's a big boy now. He's getting there. God, my daughter looks so old now. It's really freaking me out. Well, that's, I mean, she's she's going out, staying out late. Yeah. High heels, mm. short skirts. Ugh. But she still likes to, uh, we set up a, we set up a tent. And uh, and my wife in my room, and she likes to go in there and uh, read Adventure Time. So I think, I think a I still actual gotta, tent. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Mm, I shouldn't say anything. We're gonna camp in your house. Well, you know, oh, you want to be safe. I mean, you live in you live in a place where there's a lot of crime. Well, yeah. Then um, at Microsoft they call it a paper prototype, except it's made of a tent. <laughs> Did you get that package I sent you? My <laughs> papers? No, no. Yeah, uh, should I? Yeah, actually, get a tracking number off that uh, photograph. Uh, yeah, that's what I sent that for. I just sent it. You sent it to USPS. USPS is the USPS. Mm-hmm. It's fairly effective. You ever track a package with USPS? It's a nightmare. But you could get it, oh, the productivity tip. Yeah. Do you use that app from June used, Cloud? Yeah, deliveries. Deliveries. Hmm. I love that. Wonderful app. app. Syncs up. It syncs between your computer and your ios devices enter it which is uh notifications so it lets you know um i mean if it's something like like uh my favorite ups i like ups best they give you lots of good information fedex pretty good on track you know on track has a a couple states usps they've got I, i think i've mentioned this before but i think there's three states states uh, meaning states how would you say that in computer programming three there's three possible notices you can get from USPS. Right. The first one is, what are you talking about? The second one is, we think it's here somewhere. And the third one is, we assume you got it. That's about right. <laughs> I like that we assume you got it one. <laughs> or the way there's a fifth state, which is, it was delivered, even though you're in your house and you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it says here on the computer that it was sent there is a number um my doctor nick is kind of turning into frito bandito i, was I don't know say, i think that's borderline <laughs> offensive it's a little bit ping pong <laughs> oh lo siento mucho we haven't seen your package hey everybody there are people who don't know what ping pong means do you want me to actually say yeah, because all you ever do when I, I say we should explain it on the show is you send me a URL. Nothing is less funny than explaining a joke apart from most of my jokes. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think you need to explain the joke. You need to explain because I get email people saying they don't know what it means. A lot means. of people are going to say, let me um, tell you. That's fine. And tell me what ping pong means. All you need to do <laughs> is listen to episodes four or five, nine, and 15 of a rattle. Rattle. Hey. I never thought of that. Sometimes we'll say raffle, raffle, uh, rattle. I like. Yeah. Okay. Well, he came up with it. It's his thing. There are themes that tend to come up on the Roderick on the line podcast. This is a, a show that you do on your own. Mm. No, it's John Roderick's show. Oh, okay. That I participate in. And I'm familiar um, with that concept, boy, I'll tell you. Man, there's just so many things we don't talk about, Dan, <laughs> you and me. 
Did I tell you about the Hollywood movie premiere I went to? You did, yeah. You mentioned you uh, urinated with Kevin my, Spacey uh, or something. My, Brian Michael Bendis signed. Did I mention that? Did I mentioned I had dinner with David Bazan the other night. Um, did I mention I live in San Francisco and can have a beagle delivered? Yes, that one I knew. Okay, let me write this. It's four, did you get right? the package I sent? My papers? How no. long is it going to take to get there? Here's the thing about mail, Dan. As you know, we just don't get our mail sometimes. Oh, because the neighbors. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I got to leave. They, 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 took, they took the trash out, and that's twice now. So um, here's the thing. There are themes. If, if, if anyone has heard more than a few episodes of the Roderick on the Line podcast, and you should hear all of them because John is helping a lot of people, there are certain <laughs> themes that come up a lot. Um, certainly Hitler. There's a lot of <laughs> There's Hitler. a lot of that. There's a lot of Hitler um, and Hitler-related issues. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to apologize for that. You shouldn't apologize for Hitler title. And uh, there is uh, the subject of how frustrated John is by computers and the fact that we're basically living in the age of the Wright brothers with parchment wings and bicycle parts. <laughs> Doesn't just work. Uh, what else do we have? We've got uh, John's, uh, the times that he's walked across Europe and has had uh, things happen in the Balkans. And we shade into a certain kind of, um, how does one say? It's not ethnic humor. I mean, we're not doing like Yiddish theater or anything. Right. But, you know. No show is perfect. The thing is, if you start talking about bing bong, you're probably getting a little bit ping pong. And so, and so, you know, ping, ping pong is anything that could be potentially offensive to anybody, especially with regard to our differences as people. Right. How was that? Was that pretty good? Yeah, I think that sets the, sets the, uh, yeah. The boat on the right course, as you say. And as long as I'm ruining the entire joke, I think the specific you don't ruin gen- anything. I think it's uh-huh. enough. It's so uh, so boring. You should just everybody should just go and listen to every episode. You know, not there's, everyone can. There's something coming. Jump in with thing. both feet. Okay, here's the thing: when you see a giant train coming down the track with a man in a bathrobe carrying a scimitar riding on the cow catcher, you're gonna say, "I wish I had asked some questions earlier." <laughs> it's got a giant claw, and it's going to recycle everything in your life into cooking oil, and basically diamonds and uh and trace minerals so i think specifically i was talking about uh we were talking about corporal punishment as children and uh, i had a second grade teacher that uh, had a table tennis paddle that she would go over to the supply closet and take it out and she probably she weighed about five bucks she's a big lady she would go and take out her table tennis paddle and wheeled it around and i and john said uh, something about a ping pong uh, paddle i said i think that's a little racist. I believe it's called table tennis. And that was the beginning. That's how it starts. Little baby acorns. <laughs> uh, it's been so long since we've talked. And I have such a long list of topics to talk about. Um, you were saying show, before the show, you had no idea how you'd choose from them. Many topics that you've come up with in, in the, the length of time that's passed but since the last show. That's, you put it perfectly. There is no poverty of options. If anything, there are, there's a wealth of choices. They call it option anxiety. Right. You know, you, you move to Manhattan, you're like, hey, eh, it's New York. I'm going to go do stuff. And you pick up the, uh, the Village Voice or whatever you pick up. And, and you see there's like 35 of your favorite bands playing in one night. God, have you I been mean, to I, New York? Have you actually been to New York? I've been to Manhattan. Mm. I've been to Brooklyn once to see Marco. But I've been to Manhattan, <laughs> really? I, think, I think, three times. 
And the same thing happened every time. I would go pick up one of those filthy, you know how dirty those papers are? You ever think about that? There's a box full of paper that a lot of people have touched, slept on. You don't know what the cleanest thing in New York is filthy. (laughs) The day you leave. (sighs) Ugh. Uh, Couldn't get me to go back to that town again. Not even Jeffrey Zeldman could convince me to come back for it. I had lunch with Jeffrey Zeldman there. He took my photograph there. Did you know I know Jeffrey Zeldman? I just assume. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you hear a really good episode. We should have a whole episode where I just upset you. With my star effing. If you hear a really good song with some harmonies and it sounds like it's from the 60s, your initial assumption is it's the Beatles. If not, Simon and Garfunkel. If not, mm-hmm. look it up. And that's what I assume. When I, when I know somebody, I assume you know them. And then I assume, if not, that Scott knows them. And then after yeah. that, I actually have to check. Right. Well, I don't know them probably in the biblical sense. <laughs> But I, I have probably met them before you. Right. Just to spite you. You knew them back when South by Southwest was cool and you were the king of South by Southwest. I knew, I used to go and it was just called South. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. it was summer of love. And there was barbecue in the air. And we would go down and, and we'd go down to Bobby's Lick the Salty Bone, which you, they probably don't have anymore. No, they don't if even it, have that. If they have it, it's not as good. No. Oh, you want to go to original Jackie's, Jackie's Bone Suck. <laughs> Oh, no, you, you don't want to go to famous Ricky Joe's. You want to go to original famous Ricky Barbecue Licky. Yeah, that's what we've got now. Boy, you know what people love talking about is Philly cheese sticks. Boy, that in politics, I could just listen all day. Um, yeah, it happened though. 1989 was the first time that I went there. And, uh, of course, around that time, I was super duper into music. I had a lot of wax cylinders. Ragtime was all the rage. And uh, <laughs> we used just, to say, tie an onion around our waist. It was the style, style at the time. time. And they didn't know the white onions, just those big yellow ones. <laughs> Costa had to go over to Shelbyville to get a heel from a shoe. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I picked up one of those filthy, filthy. I was staying in a YMCA dam, my lady at the time. And Are you I were kidding staying, me? We stayed in a, it was basically just above like a hovel it's not even there anymore it's right next to madison square gardens garden garden uh it was uh and it was a uh, columbus maybe no i forget anyway but yeah we picked up a paper and you go to the section where the music is and it's this is when you realize what your provincial florida lifestyle has done to you because you open it up and seriously there's like any given night there's like 15 bands i've heard of and like Eight, five bands I'd love to see, and at least one of my favorite bands would we'll, we'll be playing like every night. And instead, we'd uh, sit around and uh, drink Michelob Light, as you do. You know, what we did was we would keep the Michelob, we weren't supposed to have liquor or alcohol inside the Y. Uh, by the way, shared showers, shared showers, shared oh, bathrooms. God. Can you imagine the people who stay in YMCA near Madison Square Garden Gardens? Yeah. And so, what we do is we would uh, sneak it in in a bag or a, a poke, as they call it there, while you're waiting online. A pig's bladder. Yeah, we were waiting online for your flu shot, and <laughs> we'd keep the Michelob light outside. Can you imagine how much time he spends in line just waiting for flu shots? I, I bet he's got— Tuck my cans, one at a time. <laughs> I bet he's got what he considers a pretty basic pearl script for figuring out the optimal time. That's right. I made observations based on foot traffic. <laughs> oh, I had man. A, I had a life decoy model go and take a place in line for me. Like, you know, most people have, like, a— local bar 
where maybe the bartender knows him or a restaurant where the hostess knows just where they want to sit. For I think him, greet, you greet him by name when you come in, yeah. you feel like you're at home. For him, it's like the local, you know, the Walgreens, the <laughs> CVS, they know him. Here's the thing. John Syracuse knows the importance of a flu shot. That's right. He, he, and the thing it is, can't, the, the power of the flu shot cannot be underestimated. John Syracuse knows so many things that he can't even tell us in the time that he has. He will record literally an 11 hour podcast and he still does not have time to tell us everything he knows about flu shots That's and right. what they can do. He's just, you know, he's literally just just scratching the tip. If he goes any further, we would find out. There's probably, th- you know, you know what it is? It's, it's, uh, it's like the Matrix or whatever, right? That's he's right. just going to tell us as much as we can handle. It's like the acacia berry. You keep finding out more things it can cure. The flu shot is the same way. Is that right now? That's different from grape seeds? Those are different. Okay. And, uh, and uh, what's the interferon is different from testosterone? <laughs> One of those comes from peach pits? That's right. Now, peach pits, you shouldn't just eat a peach pit, right? And if you're going to have Hawaiian wood rose seeds, you want to get a razor blade and scrape all the poison off the outside. Is that? Oh, I've done that. Sat around with, with a razor blade because, you know, they put poison on That was on when them. you and Ev were hanging out. Well... I, um, I, before I did uh, regular, uh, like pharmaceutical grade psychedelics, I, I lived with, with a guy uh, that introduced me to like bizarre, like plants and things that you could eat. Like succulents? Most of which, well, I don't know. I mean, they were, they're tasty enough, but <laughs> no, they'd almost all make you throw up. See, but I never did peyote. I did all this crazy stuff. Did you like do a lot? Get, I mean, have you done a lot of hallucinogens? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, what's a lot? I mean, let's be honest. Really? I mean, it's all relative. I don't know. I've got this. I've got this cartoon cat waving at me right now, and he's telling me he's waving. He's waving me off. He's saying, "Stay on first. because he got wizard eyes. Mm. <laughs> um, layers. Man, we've of been watching a lot, a lot of Adventure Time. Dan, are we? Prep. Can we talk? I feel like I feel like we are. I don't want to say jip because that's ping pong, but I feel like we might be. Are we selling our listeners short by not telling them how to be more productive at work? Because you, you know I will literally talk about it. We still have so much more to talk about. Do you remember? I, it's been a while since we recorded, but let me think, what's today? Um, we talked a lot about Marvel superheroes, mm-hmm. and I'm still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I spent my entire morning, literally my entire morning, looking for pictures of Black Cat. None you know, will top the Ramos one that I got done. How's that? You like that Noto, though? I do like that. He's a very exacting artist. Is he up there where you are in San Francisco? Or oh, yeah. San he, Fran, he, as you say? He and Evan and I like to go over to, we go to South. Get some burritos? Austin. No, no, but they used to call them burrs when I was there. <laughs> Los burrs, they call them. Right. It's before they invented cheese. It was the style of the Bone time. spurs. Bone spurs. Don't even get me started. Can I beg How's you? How's your pinch? Literally beg you. Not, I, you, since the last, let me see what day it is. Since the last time we recorded, I have been self-treating my pinch nerve because I've finally reached a point where I've got to do something about it. I went to Yelp. I looked up chiropractors. I, <laughs> that's two things I never saw myself doing. Yelp and looking up chiropractors. I mean, what's, what is, what's worse? I mean, what's worse? It's like going to that sh- site and finding out if I should get a handy from Mickey. 32A floppy <laughs> going, yeah. going downhill. <laughs> um, I talked to my wife about this. I told her it's becoming somewhat intolerable. And, and she reminded me as she does three times a day that we have insurance and that I can go to a doctor. And I said, I know that. I don't like going to doctors. No, I, and I, I, bet I know exactly how you feel. We do a show just on that. I'm writing that down. Doctors. The pro- can I call it the problem with doctors? Yeah. 
Okay, and I think, if, I don't want to fork that on you, but I think I would like to talk about the problem with literally everyone in the entire medical profession. God yes. love you. Yes, let's But do I also it. would like to talk about P- people with PhDs who should probably be punched in the nose. Can we talk about that too? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work. Doctor. <laughs> <sighs> and she gave me some tips. Because she's uh, an athlete. 32A or your wife? Mm, going downhill. Someday we will show people that link. Um, <laughs> it's maybe the best thing you've ever shared with me. That's how good yeah. it was. It's maybe, it's, yes. There are sites for men who are seeking <laughs> full release from their pinched nerves. Right. There are sites based on open source uh, <laughs> f- forum software where you can go and you can rate the various ladies <laughs> that work at full release spas. Right. And you can give a detailed, prosaic <laughs> description <laughs> of their kitty cat. They described Mickey's kitty cat. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I know I do know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I don't know how you could be 32 a.m. floppy. I'm, as you know, <laughs> I, I haven't studied physics. It seems like it would, you would have to, you know, like when you go to Home Depot and they mix your paint? It seems like you would have to sit on, on, a, on a, uh, a paint agitator in order to make a 32A Mickey floppy. <laughs> that's a little bit ping pong. <laughs> anyway, that's good with fried rice. Wow, um, wow, wow, wow. God, I'm wearing the same thing I wore yesterday. Isn't that Why? funny? No. I, busy. I'm like Einstein. I don't have time to think about clothes. I thought, he, I thought it was the same thing because he had like seven pairs of the same thing, not that he was repeating the same. You know what? That's probably smart. I'm going to order a second Fantastic Four shirt because I like mine so much. You know, the only time my grandfather ever yelled at me in my life was uh, I asked him, I guess I'd gone over, you know, my my, my mom had taken me over there for like two days in a row, like Saturday and a Sunday. So I was spending the, the day there. And like Sunday he was wearing the same shirt they'd worn the day before. I'd never seen him do that in my life. And I said, didn't you wear that shirt yesterday? And he's like, yes, I wore this. Like, so I, I don't know. I'll never know why it, it, it sent him off to this day. It's a mystery. That is so, well. It's a mystery. You know what it is? Let's get back to an old topic. It's not who he wanted to be. I'll bet, I'll bet uh, uh, Grandpa Benjamin did not see himself as a guy who would wear a shirt twice. No, Maybe definitely not. How do you nail it right on the head like that? I think it's, yeah. I don't think we like being called out on the person we think we aren't or the person we don't want to be. I think mm. it makes us very uncomfortable. So, but luckily the thing is, if you see a 46 year old man who really needs to get a haircut walking around in a Deadpool shirt, I think you're not going to notice he's been wearing it twice. I mean, unless you listen to the show. People avert their eyes. You know, I'm actually that guy. I am wearing a Fantastic Four shirt underneath a Deadpool shirt. I should probably put a Captain America pin on. What they call that is an internal struggle. (laughs) I cut my meat. (laughs) Um, So we were talking about, okay, so my wife gave me some tips because she is an athlete. She was a middle distance runner in, in high school, I believe middle distance. And then she, um, she's, uh, you know, she runs marathons and stuff and she, she runs, she ran it, she ran it literally at 515 this morning. She ran. <clears throat> so, you know, when you're an athlete, you get problems cause your, your body's, you know, hitting the road pretty hard. And I was, oh God, Dan, I was literally laying on the floor of our living room <laughs> with a tennis ball underneath me on my back and I was rolling, I was roiling, I was ambling, I was scooting around to try and make a tennis ball hit the part of my back that hurts and right. make it better. No, and that's a that's a good thing. 
well, why don't I just hire, hire a witch? <laughs> I'm not, Dan, I'm, unlike you, I'm, I'm not a physician, but I, right. I just don't, I don't, I don't see a day, you know, where you're sitting in that big auditorium with the skeletons hanging in it and they say, now let's talk a little bit about how you can use a tennis ball to fix a pinched knife. I, I, you know, I, but you know, and can I just say it didn't help. My daughter came and sat on me and bounced. Right. I, I asked her, I asked her to bounce on the part that hurts and that didn't help. So, you know, I uh, had an Aleve and a few ibuprofen, which I understand is very good for your No, lover. you don't. Yeah, don't mix that. Never mix, never worry. Uh, the, the, does, okay. If Fear you, before liquor, never sicker. If you take two of the... Um, Aleve. Uh, no, two of the, of the Advil or ibuprofen, I'm assuming you get the generic, does... And by the way, the generic is just as good. Uh, no, that's that's a, that's a different episode. We need to talk about generics at some point because you know it's, it's a scam. Does that reach the pain? The the uh, first of all, I just want to say I haven't got time for the pain. But I uh, the Aleve is good. You can take the uh, I call it a thresh, threshold dosing or a double down as John Stewart. Now here's the thing: I would not get a pinched nerve, as you know, if I got it, if I got several flu shots. Yeah, I mean a flu shot in in the spot that's hurting. Dan, I don't Probably. want to derail you, but is there any chance? I, I, I don't know if he even does podcasts anymore. Is there any chance that we could maybe bring John Syracuse on to share some of this? We could have no, a, a storyline and really share some of the things that he has learned about how to stay healthy and hale. Yeah. And <laughs> young. How does he stay so young? I don't know. He doesn't type anymore. Oh my gosh, you know, I just, I literally filled a prescription using my phone today. He probably, he doesn't have a phone, first of all. Right. Second of all, he can't type on it. So he right. can't use the Walgreens app. Siri does not support that. What do, you, what do you think he does? Has he written a Perl script that turns something that he says into a request to Walgreens? You know what? I bet it, I bet it sends it over a telex. Oh, like the print, the printing thing. Like the old yeah, they fashioned got, they got stock. Tear, yeah. tear the frilly underwear off the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so what did I have here? Oh, the problems with doctors. Okay. How's it going? Big week? This has been a big week. All right. I'll tell you. Big, 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 big week. Went to Walgreens today. I bought some chili. I got some half and half. So I'm in pretty good shape. Pretty good shape. I um I asked our uh, listeners, or I should say I listened, I asked people on on the tutor in general what they thought we should talk about today. And uh, did you did you look in on that at all? I, I kind of like the element of surprise because I, I never, I don't want to ruin it. damn it. Okay. So you, you know what this now, is, you look now, it's not too late. It's never too late. Yeah. It's always too late. The, 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 here's the thing. And I, I really want everybody who's in a relationship to hear this and think about it and really understand it to the point where they internalize it. When someone says to you, what do you want for dinner? Mm-hmm. The appropriate response is not whatever you want. The appropriate that would response, seem to be the polite response. That seems that, you know what that is though? It's not, it's not passive aggressive, but it's not helpful. Because now seems the like what you're doing perfect. is you're saying, I, I'm putting you first, whatever you would like. I'm, I'm so agreeable that whatever it is you would like, that's, that's fine for me. Honey, we've been together for so long and we've been through so much together. And I feel like I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Would you marry me? Yeah, whatever you want. You know what? Two way street, yellow line. Mm. You do not. <laughs> um, so anyway, I can go through some of these. Actually, you know, I... I wait wait a minute. What, what is that? What's that from? Which one? You do not? No, I know. Your discussion of, uh, of how to suggest a dinner, what you want. 
I mean, what, oh. where did that come from? Well, we could give out relationship advice, which I think is always useful. I have, I have a handful of things. I am not successful with relationships, but, uh, but I do know what tends to work and what tends not to work. And I think, uh, I mean, there's the classics. We could go through this if you want. I Let's would be more than happy to. Well, what about all these nice people on the tutor? Okay. Let me just cover a few of these. You know, Dan, I got to tell you something. Your, your, your program quit is a breakout sensation. And uh, everybody <laughs> likes the, whatever you're peddling on there uh-huh. and the phone calls. Yeah. The soundboard. People do like the calls. They, I don't do the soundboard on that show. <laughs> Woo! I don't do the, it. Um, they like that show. And I think you have basically stolen the concept from this show mm-hmm. and run with it. Which you concept? run and run and run. No, no. Seriously, though, the, the, the whole constellation of issues around, around the quit property, I think very much interest people. And I think, I think the stuff around, and what are we talking about? We're talking about, <clears throat> I mean, the kind of the, the titular. <laughs> what, are, what, are what, what, what are you talking about? You got, what do you got? <laughs> get them a, we to, need to do a page. Get them to sign on the line, which is dotted. Here's the thing. We need to do a post or a page or something that, as a, it, that tells me, here are the movies and shows that you need to watch, and we need to keep it at like a four to five hour time commitment. That if they want to get the most out of these shows, how to do it. Like if I told you, here's a ticket, you can go to WWDC. And they, and, and the person would say, well, I've never written code before. All right, we got to get you writing some code. We got to get you building iOS apps. And then you're going to get the most out of WWDC. It's like, how do you get the most out of it? How do you get the don't most you, out don't of the show? Don't you buy them a case of curly braces? You put some time into it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Well, <clears throat> I think that would be extremely useful. Um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that I think might be useful you know, the wiki is is a tough thing because you got to get accounts and stuff. It would be kind of well, cool. Well, what's his name? Uh, quit. <laughs> quit. Josh, he's, Josh he's, Oaks. You know, Josh Oaks, is, he's a busy guy. But, you, well, you know, here's you know, the thing. I mean, I it, think, I'm not I'm chastising him. I'm just saying. He, he here's the thing, Dan. It's stone soup, okay? Somebody's got to bring a stone, and then other people are going to enjoy the water. So I think what we need is people who understand. If there's someone who understands one reference to, to, to a movie that we're making, and I, I'm not going to reveal any more jokes because I don't think that's I don't think that's amusing. But if somebody else does it, you know, what I'm saying it's like complimenting you on your hair. If you do it to yourself, it seems a little self-involved. If somebody else does it; they're probably lying, right? That's a relationship. <laughs> that's right. So, but that if other people out there could say these are the ones from Caddyshack, these are the ones from Glengarry Glen Ross, these and these and these and these and these are from The Big Lebowski. This one here about uh, pranking somebody with so spice until their butt falls out is from Adventure Time. You're so spice. Isn't that romantic? Mm-hmm. You're so spice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I don't know where they would that do that. That one we're, with the baby, with the, with the chubby baby? Uh, that's not the one with cardiac. No, uh, that's uh, uh, Bimo Lost. Oh, the chubby baby is Bimo creepy. Lost. Okay, so MJ, uh, I told you she... It's her favorite episode. This is her favorite said. episode, and she walks around, chubby baby? She wants it. This is how she asked for the Bimo Lost, chubby baby? It's very cute. Uh, it's much cuter it's, when she does it than when I do it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> when, when babies go, go boom, boom in their diapers, it's cute. Right. When I do it, it's... When you do it, you're paying someone. <laughs> Going downhill, yeah. 32A floppy. <laughs> I should go to a diaper spa just to, just to switch that, it up. Is that a thing? When a woman... When a woman especially, or a man, because I've been on both sides of this, literally, when somebody comes to you and they're unhappy about something and they want to talk, 
just let them talk. Don't give them a solution. Just listen. Yeah, they don't want you to fix their problem. No. Don't, <clears throat> don't be Reed. You know what I mean? Reed Richards? Be, yeah, yeah. You want to, you just, you just, 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 just listen. Boy, can you imagine if you went to John Syracuse with a problem? Oh my you, God. Can you imagine if his lady came up to him? He, well, first he would point out many ways of why you shouldn't have the problem in the first place. And why this is the wrong time to discuss it. Right. And why you should probably go to Walgreens right. and just get a flu just shot. Just get a flu shot. <laughs> why okay. is this a non-obvious That's solution? another example, Dan. Now, people who don't have... I, I, I saw a graph on this at one point. And uh, your podcasts each week with John Syracuse were usually 14 and a half hours long. <laughs> so a lot yeah. of people don't know where you guys threw down on flu shots. That's right. They don't know where John first started laying out the principles of the Syracuse flu shot principle. <laughs> and there were people would email him to uh, try to point out that maybe what he's saying wasn't 100%. And those, well, there would never be followed about those emails. Hmm. 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 Deities and demigods. Well. Player's handbook. Yeah, well, Rogue's uh, Gallery. <laughs> this is, that is a game that not only can Did you like my, would you want to play through when you come, when you come out here next time you're out here to visit? You want to play through that module I made? Yes. And there's yes. some tricky, tricky parts, hidden rooms. You did that when you were like nine. I was playing when I was 15 and I was just sitting there reading Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. <laughs> that was the I best was, one. I wait about what I weigh now. I was about half as tall. Gamma World and, came from uh, just from that one uh, module, by the way. I think everything good about Gamma World was contained in that module. In, Wasn't the Black there, Razor in that? I, I remember the plant, the killer plant that looked like a bunny. Yes. Sorry, spoiler. That was a good one, though. That was that was a good one. But like, I I just I would sit there, the eat black a big razor, old, big old bag of Tom's potato chips, you know, listening to Hollow Notes and reading a D and D module. See, to me, that still sounds like fun. That's Flavor Country. <sighs> Ever seen that photo of me laying on the bed looking heavy? Ever seen you that? And you With mean every photo on? of you? Mm. You've thinned out. I've seen recent yeah. pictures of you. It's sort of like the age has replaced the weight. Yeah, I was reading a thing in the New Yorker, it turns out, about uh, how anxiety and the cortisol makes you older. Oh, yeah, and, and bad sleep, too. Makes you look like a catcher's mitt. <laughs> um, I'll send you that photo. I'll find it. It's a pretty great photo. Send that over. Yeah, I'll find it. It's on the Flickr. Yeah, I'm, um, yeah you know, I used to weigh 30 pounds more, so. Ugh. Yeah. How? I'll cock. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? to this show, Dan. I think this is the best show we've ever done. You, if, you go, if you go back and listen to episodes one, two, three, seven. four, five, and seven. Yeah. Right? Do you know how many people we've helped? Man. Well, God, wait, this, this is be, our day off. It's our day off. <laughs> we've Everyone been needs on, a day off. As, as uh, Steven Tyler calls it, a permanent vacation. Mm. You ever heard the quote about Aerosmith? I don't know where it first came from. But somebody uh, in one of their early albums, and listen, please email Dan. Uh, one of the early Aerosmith albums, uh, somebody said, a reviewer said something along the lines of, um, Aerosmith is a very good and original band. Unfortunately, everything that's good about them is not original, and everything that's original about them is not good. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's one. Listen to people. <clears throat> don't you think? Take their This advice. is why I say, I say read, I say read and Hank Pym when they're in a room together. 
Hank, who cares? He's the most irrelevant character in the Marvel universe. I never Hank finished did. my I never finished my anecdote, but I should find. Do you, do you know the one I'm talking about? It's like a it's like a hardcover book. Uh, this Avengers Origins, and I'm pretty positive Phil Noda did the cover, but it's you know a retelling, but it's beautifully illustrated. But there's one scene, you know, where the Hulk's at the circus. He's like the giant clown or whatever. You know where they got to go get a Hulk. He's hiding out at the circus because they think he blew up the bridge because Loki's screwing with everybody. The original, the the original Avengers story, the one where Hulk gets framed by Loki. No, I've never read this. You're kidding me. You don't I'm know how. I'm not into the Avengers. I'm just not. It's boring. Okay, we're not going to talk, talk about comics today. But as as I recall, and I've read this origin story in literally three different places. Uh, Loki is all mad, and he wants he needs some. He wants to basically find somebody who can beat up Thor. Because he's, he's kind of a wuss. And if you like Loki, then I can't help you. I, he's just so annoying. Does he not have any powers of his own? Like up well, against a mortal human? Well, no, here's the thing. is like he knows he can't beat Thor in a fair fight. Plus Thor's got Mjolnir. And so, uh, I don't know. Now, can the Hulk pick that up? Because I just saw a picture of the Hulk nope, nope, throwing nope. it around. Nope, he tries to pick it up. He tries to pick it up in um, uh, something we just watched. And he can't do it. And even, even Thor couldn't pick it up for a long time because Thor had not proven himself worthy. It's all written on there. It's all written on there. Who else now, Beta, has picked, Beta, up? Beta Who Bill, else has picked up the hammer, though? Beta Ray Bill uh, and Odin. Odin takes his hammer away for a while, like a stereo, and he makes him go down to Earth and uh, be a, uh, a physician. Here's what scares uh, me. I was, Googling, I was Googling this, Merlin, and I typed in, who else has pick? And it, the first response on my Google search is <gasps> Thor's hammer. Oh my God, the system works. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, so anyway, the Hulk is hiding out because basically <laughs> they've made it look like the Hulk. It's kind of like a Mr. Incredible thing. Uh, they, they make it look like, so this looks like this train track is broken and it's an illusion. And so it looks like Hulk attacked a train and he just, even at this point, he just wants to be left alone. So he gets away and he hides out at the circus and you know, the superheroes get together and they got to go find Hulk. But, but at one point, like Ant-Man's contribution is that he makes ants go somewhere. And it I think, I've, yeah, that doesn't sell me. Well, if I remember correctly, I, I think what happened was they basically said within a very few issues, you know what? A, a guy who's little and does things with ants is just not going to fly. And so they made him big. Now, how did that happen? Did he make himself big? Was it, was it like a Swedish solution or, or what did he do? You know, no, I don't, I'm, I, yeah. I, he, I don't, I don't want to talk about comics. Um, I'm going to try and find this photo for you. Um, you know, a couple of things people uh, were mentioning and now there's so many here and so many jokes that I can't find a lot of real topics. But people would like to know things like... You'd think uh, Captain America would be able to pick it up. No, see, that's the whole... I'll talk about comics if you want to talk about comics. I'm just I saying, think I think the... he could pick it up. That's all I'm saying. No, he's he got to be worthy. That's the, whole... that's the whole point. But he's worthy. Who he's You're not... going to say Captain America. Yesterday, you're all about Captain America, or whenever it was we recorded the last show. You're all about how great he is. Today, now he can't even pick up the hammer. Let me take a minute to set you straight on one thing. Okay. First of all, anybody who doesn't like Captain America has some kind of a problem. And I'm just going to say that. What, okay, what, for, walk me through what's to like. Second, it's a whole other Asgardian deal. There's a whole thing going on. Thor's a freaking god, but he has to prove himself worthy. There are some things in life that you got to work for, like a, like, a, like a merit badge or a wife. There are things not everybody is capable of picking up a wife. You can pick up, you can pick up a girl, like Mickey. Kitty cat. 
So <clears throat> let's see, we've got here pinch nerve, slug line. I want to talk about slug line. Uh, some things that I just jotted down quickly that people mentioned. Um, and forgive me, I, I haven't, I don't, I don't have attribution on these, uh, but um, quit like topics. One person said, dealing with the unknown of leaving a job. Uh, some of these are pretty close to other things we've talked about. Um, I thought this was an interesting one. Somebody um, mentioned talking about the rewards of distraction. Um, and I think this might, this is unintentionally related. Uh, several people wrote to say, what if you are, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a composite here, but like, what if you're in an, <laughs> what if you're in an office full of people that you hate and make you want to kill yourself and you need to get away nice. along, along those lines, which I would form into when is a good time to get away from the desk in the office and what benefits can you expect from that? I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, there was a request for a primer on understanding back to work. There we go. Literally. Now, see, Dan, we can't do that. We've been doing shucking and driving episodes. Don't we have to be useful now? Oh, God. I don't even know who I am anymore. And you get different pills. Uh, the rewards of distraction. I had written down Quicksilver tips, uh, how we use iOS and Mac. Uh, a conversation with Jamie about how every, everybody has to be right. And then for some reason, I wrote down these kids today and they're rock and roll. <laughs> And I, I literally have no idea what that means. I think I do. Mm. When to get away. Oh, 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 I mentioned this once and I don't remember if we talked about it. Uh, what kinds of things in your life and work uh, actually work best when they're unfinished? Mm. That one's a conundrum inside of an onion, inside of an acacia berry. It's got layers like a, something from the White Album. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would like to request? Could I please have a primer on me? Could, could I just get some kind of a freaking Norton annotated, like with the Ezra Pound notes? See, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. When to get away from the office. Here's the thing. It says right on the hammer. When they made the hammer, it's literally written on the hammer. And I don't have the hammer in front of me, but you have to be worthy. So Hulk, geez, where was it? It was, uh, it's not in the Avengers movie. It was not in. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Also, it already had Thor's name on it. It's got his name on it. I used to get t-shirts with my name on it. I get a Star Wars decal on the front. I get my name across the shoulders and then whatever my age was on the back as a number. Did you ever get your age on your shirt? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I think coincidentally it might have happened. Yeah. But not as a gift. Hmm. No, because I would have got like Westbrook's, you know, Eagles jersey. He's number 36. I probably was 36 years old when I was wore that during a f football game. But so then that, that, that's a football player. Yeah. Brian Westbrook is, uh, he, well, I mean, they released him years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, you full release? <laughs> yeah. Full release. You were a big, you were a big fan. You've got a picture of you with a baseball player dressed as a basketball player holding you up in a Spider-Man <laughs> he Almost. He's a football <laughs> player. Yes. He's a football player wearing a basketball style football sh shirt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because he was playing some kind of exhibition game doing, which was basketball. I don't understand how this happened. Doesn't that seem like one of those Oprah memories? That seems like the kind of thing where, like, even if somebody, like, had proof of that, you couldn't really explain it. Well, I've shown you the proof. Yeah. Such a photo. Um, in the dingus. I would be interested in talking about any of those. I think um, when to get away from the office 
And I think the rewards of distraction are both very good. And I, think I don't even understand rewards of distraction. So that all, all, already very much uh, appeals to me. Okay, here's what, here's what I got. I got oh, I'm looking for, for this. Rewards of distraction, when to get away from the office, and what's best left unfinished, and you can pick. <laughs> I don't see it. You send it to me here? I'll this it to new you Skype the... is the worst. Oh, no, I sent it to you on the other dingus. Hang on. Oh, no, that's good. If you send it there, <laughs> that's better. That's good. Always send it there. Yeah, always send it. Oh, my God. No, that's, that's, look at that. Mm-hmm. I like the for, angle of that shot a lot. For our listeners, I'm There's wearing so gi- much going on here. So I'm, much going on. I'm wearing giant, giant, giant Radio Shack headphones. Uh, I'm, oh, oh my God, look at this. Is that I'm a barely, Playboy next to you? TV guide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laying, I'm laying in bed with my legs crossed, wearing brand new white high top Nikes with, with the black uh, swoosh. What, what were those? It's killing me. I forget the name. My White favorite was Dynasties. I really like Dynasties. They were really dorky looking, but I really liked them. Wearing some Levi's with a big cuff and a Nike t-shirt because I'm that guy. Uh, reading, you were all <laughs> Nike. Like you were brand loyal. Yeah. There's my TV guide and you could see my, uh, my, my copy of Double Fantasy up there on the shelf. And it Next says to my, on the shelf, my, the best, my best, of, best of life magazine. Because <laughs> I'm a baller. <laughs> and is that John and Yoko? Yeah, Double Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Double Fantasy. Oh, okay, okay. And what Our is that? life together. Because I'm Randy Newman. Our life together is so precious. Together in America. No headboard. We were, we were, we were impoverished, Dan. All Look right. at that. They got a shag carpeting. I literally have like bamboo leaves on my curtains. You think I was happy? Look at that. I have a digital clock. It's not even digital. You can't even prop yourself upright without a nice headboard. <laughs> without some potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. And that clock. That, you, can't, uh, I mean, a, you can't read at that angle. What that's were you a, doing? That's, a, that's not a clock radio. It's a clock. And we got it for opening a bank account. <laughs> and it had, the, it had an orange light <laughs> on the inside. And it wasn't even it, 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 the letter. The numbers so turn. So much in this. Yeah. And it, at nine minutes past every hour, for some reason, it would grind. It would go. Arr. <laughs> So like 3.09 in the morning, you would go. Any, anytime I ever want to understand more about you, I'm going to refer back to this. You can see I've been reading the TV guide with the Marlboro ad on the back. I've been reading the TV guide and then set it down for a moment. And my, my mom took a photo. No, sorry. I wrote it here five seconds before the top of the hour. Oh, wait. There's a Dr. Pepper in there. Oh, yeah. There's a Dr. Pepper on the shelf. Look at that. You ever mix Coke and Dr. Pepper? What? Um, no, you, you did three quarters, three quarters Coke and, uh, two thirds Coke and one third Dr. Pepper for what? The most delicious drink you'll ever not drink because you're on your crazy loopy diet. All right. Rewards of distraction. <clears throat> when to get away. What's best? I think rewards of distraction could be good. When to get away. seems obvious. Okay. Um, a funny thing happens. <laughs> 43 minutes. <laughs> I started my it's the best day. show ever. I started my day with three things, Dan Benjamin. Okay, here's how my day started. I woke up with extreme nerve pain. I did. I read my daughter two Adventure Time comics. Oh, excuse me, one Adventure Time comic this morning. I did have that. I had some uh, corned beef hash, and I had as I walk. Literally, as I'm walking to my office, I said, "This is the day today. I owe it to our listeners to bring back tools, communication, productivity, barriers." And I also added creativity in our names. I hope you don't mind. Uh, uh, to, to this show. Well, let's so do it then. At minute 43 mm-hmm. by my clock. <sighs> do you want to tell me about something you like? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, take a minute. Squarespace. What? Yeah. Squarespace. The all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. We use this for the 5x5 blog, which is finally now Danielle is updating. Did I tell you that? <laughs> for a second, you just sounded like Yoda. Mm-hmm. Which is now Whoa. Danielle now updating. Danielle is now updating. I'll do the whole reading that way. Hold down the dingus, I do. <laughs> Responsive, are we? Once you're here, one frat guy's voice <laughs> everywhere. Crooked. What has happened to the show? <laughs> this is the kind of thing. Like, do you ever <clears throat> do you ever look at yourself in the mirror? Lightsaber. Do you do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and think if I could go back in time uh, to when I was seventeen and cool, or for the five minutes that I was cool when I was seventeen? Listen to all notes while I read the right. TV got and, and I said, be like, hey, dude, this is you in yes. like. 30 years or something. Do like you, you think do, you would kick your own ass as a 17 year old oh kid? Oh my God. I would, I would kick my ass so hard that I passed out and then I would stand over the body and wait to wake up and I would keep kicking it over and over until I really got it. And I still wouldn't get it. I go, why are you being mean to me? Save versus being mean to me. I know. Grrr. Squarespace. Constantly is updating it, yeah. their platform with new features. They got you new designs. Play a little song, play a little song if you want while, while you're doing this. Would that help? Yeah. Okay, keep talking. Beautiful designs. Tons of style options. This is the thing. I went in yesterday. I was looking at the five by five blog, and I said, you know, I don't. Really, I think these these uh, blue links are a little too light. Made them darker. Well, that sounds like uh, a super simple thing to do. It should be a super simple thing to do. It is because they have the the coolest little thing. You click when you're logged in. Whenever you go to your own Squarespace site, when you're logged in, you're looking at your site and there's a little paintbrush. You click the little paintbrush and a little thing slides out from the left side of the screen. You've got all these little sliders. You can tweak font sizes. You can tweak colors. You can do all of this stuff without having to ever do any code. Of course, you should be able to do that. It's super simple to do it. If you want, then you can go and you can pick a completely different template knowing Merlin, that all of these are going to be fully responsive. All of fully these responsive. You touch them and they move. Every single device that you can come up with, it's this. This is, is going to size for it. It's not going to give you one of those crappy versions of the site that looks, you know, like an iPhone app or something. This is the worst. Is site? It's still going to look like your site. It's just going to look great on your iPhone or whatever device you're looking at. And of course, in all the browsers. Here's the thing, Merlin. Eight bucks a month. Why are you telling me American? Eight bucks. Eight eight dollars American. That's not enough money. This includes, if you sign up for a year or more, because you can do a two-year thing if you want, it includes a domain name. You can try it free. You can import your existing blog content. But the, here's the main thing. You're going to get 10% off if you use the code YAKSHAVING. That's back in, in the shows that we're helping people. That we came up with that, Yak Shaving. I remember that. So go check out Squarespace, squarespace.com, YAKSHAVING, when you sign up. They've got 24-7 support in case you need it. They're, they're design-focused. You can connect your account to Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest. I know you're on Pinterest a lot. Love Pinterest. I all, my skirts, all my skirts go up there. You can have something where when you, uh, when you're in, if, you're, if you use Dropbox, you connect that account. You can have a, Squarespace will instantly create a gallery on your site if you, if you hook this up this way. If you throw some images up on Dropbox and into a gallery there, it'll automatically show up on Squarespace. Little things like that, they're fully integrated. It's totally amazing. And uh, go check them out, squarespace.com, yak shaving, try them out for free. 
You can post all your skirts, they won't get in your face. It's just a web platform that we call Squarespace. Oh my God. How do you do it? How do you do it? You're like a walking ad man. Well, drag your block. Yeah, put it where you want on the page. It's fully responsive and it's all the rage. They're based in Manhattan. Don't hold that against them. They try really hard. You can buy, you can rent them. They had generators on their roof. I can play a nine chord. I can play it in a Dodge. I can play it in a Ford. Squarespace. <laughs> they weren't anticipating that. No, they didn't. They didn't tell us to say that. <laughs> Our thanks to Squarespace uh, for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Uh, get away, right? Get away. Um, there's a. We talked about meetings recently, and how, um, at least in my estimation, meetings can be so great. Part of what makes meetings frustrating is we know we have to have them. We know that they can be really good, and we know that when they're done right, they actually save us a huge amount of time. I'll give you one example. Uh, as a fan of uh, Getting Things Done, the book by David Allen, which is copyright David Co. 2001, I know how important the agenda list is, right? So there's stuff I need to do when I see somebody. Now, I could be that guy and I could email somebody every time it occurs to me. I could pick up the phone. I could uh, send them a message to their beeper. And, uh, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. So what do I do instead? <clears throat> In my case, I keep a text file and I got like uh, stuff to talk to Dan about. Now, I think that's a great thing. If everybody on a team in an office did that, like that would just be totally bucks up. But isn't it, wouldn't it be even better if we all had that little list and we brought it in, like had an actual real meeting where we went in, right? And, and, and we talked to our, our colleagues and we cleared all those things away at once. That's the kind of thing where you go, oh my God, now I see why people have meetings. That's really not stupid. That's kind of a neat idea. So there's reasons to be in the office. Like you've been in um, crunch mode, as you say, mm -hmm. as a coder. And it actually, even if you're not doing that uh, pair programming, which I think, anyway, um, <laughs> even, if you're, even if you're not agile, right. you, uh, it still really benefits to be around your team members. Um, I think especially in the early to intermediate stages of any job in terms of, you know, the expertise issues, it really helps to have people around you who can help you solve the right problems. You can have mentors. Like, it's great to be in the office. Mostly, you know, but as we've talked about, you talked about having a job one time where your home computer was a lot more powerful oh, yeah. and better or just in just, yeah, maybe briefly tell people that story because it's kind of cool. Well, it was actually my first job out of, uh, out of college. I was doing some like writing and doing like seminars and presenting and a little bit of software development. And they, these computers that they had were okay. But I was like a computer geek. I was had a side business building computers. So the machine that I had at home was like at work. This is, I think it was a 386 at home. And like I had a 486, you know. Right. And twice as much RAM. And this is back in the time when, you know, now you could pretty much go and buy a machine. And most of the stuff that you're going to buy today is going to be pretty fast. It's just going to run stuff. Like there was a time, Merlin, <sighs> when machines were the difference between one generation of a machine to another was like, I can't even use this computer anymore. It was that bad. Yeah, the, the leaps, I, I totally know what you mean, especially on PCs. Yeah. Where, I forget what the, the cycles for that stuff were, but you know, suddenly there'd be this new thing and it was really 
demonstrably faster, oh, especially yeah. at stuff you were already using before Office found a way to take up more RAM. Right. But, but, but for anything, it was really true. Like moving from an SE to an SE30, even though they're just released, what, a couple, couple, three years apart. I mean, uh, the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. It's kind of like cars today. We're like, even the crummiest, I learned this from John Syracuse. If you, um, like the crummiest car you buy today is still, it's, the, I guess the difference between the crummiest and the, the nicest car you get today is pretty different than it was in 1981. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it really was a big deal. You had to buy a Japanese car <laughs> if yeah. you wanted something that ran. But isn't that funny? Like you, in that case, you had the ability to get more accomplished at home. And hopefully, well, we have to open a little bit of a rat hole and talk about how managers tend to look at the management of people, but also how people tend to look at the management of themselves. So like in my case, for example, you know, when I got laid off from my dot-com job, I was hired the same day by the kind of parent organization of the dot-com doing kind of similar work, but I had a lot to catch up on really quickly. I had to learn a little bit of cold fusion, whereas I used to just sit around and, you know, go live cyber studio and BB edit and image ready. Uh, and meetings. <laughs> but what's funny was I was working, I, it was so cherry. Like I was working at home. Um, I, they let me keep my old stuff. So I had my, I always forget, it wasn't Pismo, it was a Lombard. Wall Street? Anyway, that one, the one with the yellow keys. And um, so I had this 45 pound computer that I could do everything I needed, right? It had the optical drive right in there. You could pop it out and put it in a battery. Yeah. But I could do all of that on my Mac. But then they also gave me this ancient like, I guess, 386, 286, whatever was an old PC in 2000, um, excuse me, 2001. But, you know, I was really, I knew how fortunate I was in that case to, how can I put this? It was fortunate and risky to be paying what, be paid what I was being paid, which was the same as I was being paid before, uh, which was kind of a lot for those days. And I was in, like a, the second bedroom of our house. Mm -hmm. And it, it really meant a lot to me to get great at, at working remotely. And it was hard for me. Certainly, this is what? This is three, four years before 43 folders. So it was already, I was working on my own. It was, you know, it's before I'd done freelance. I've gone back to freelance, I should say. But it really, I guess what I'm saying is that in that case, I treated it like a job. Like I did, I put on pants and like went in the room and I would be on calls with people. I bought a fax machine. I did all the stuff to make, as they used to say, a home office. SMB, we used to call it, right? <laughs> what do they say, like small to medium-sized businesses yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or, or that could be a, a share, share mount. Is that what John calls it? Um, mount, 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 mount point. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> ZFS, plus plus. Is that, that's the one. Why uh, don't they bring it here? ZFS Sharp is the one they do for Windows. Is that's that right. right? Windows has ZFS Sharp. Okay. Which is replacing the .zfs. And Mickey has a downhill flat. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm informed by my friend Bridget, the uh, seamstress, that I got that wrong. It was not... Let me see, where was it? It was... I, I got the terminology wrong. It was actually droopy, not floppy. Mm. So Merlin regrets the error. My apologies mm. to Mickey and her 32A. At least you don't have to do follow-up on that. <laughs> I miss that guy so much. So does everyone. Oh, I miss him. His other show is great. We should, we'll, I'll put that in the show notes. But um, anyhow, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is the getting away part. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm peddling a lot here, but it's, I think it's, there are certain kinds of jobs that you have to do in the office. Like you've got to be, for example, you need to be available to people. What I'm saying is that like, I guess that setting aside all of the like expectations and cultural stuff, there are valid reasons to be in the office. Let's be honest. It, being there, like, you know, George Costanza leaving his car parked outside so it looked like he was always the oh, first one right, in, the right, last, right, right. last one out. <laughs> um, 
it, it does. Be, I, I did this in my job with Dave. Like I would, I would come in really early. I would stay really late. I, I rarely worked fewer than 40 hours. Oh no, I'm sorry. I rarely worked fewer than 50 hours and I frequently worked more than 60. And I think one week I worked 80 hours, which is, you know, I mean, it's, there are certainly people who do longer hours than that, but you know, it's 22 grand a year. Um, so being there is good because people see you, the boss sees you, you're looking busy, you know, uh, empire stuff, doing empire stuff. <laughs> and, um, but then I think there are innumerable potential risks and problems and almost all of which will make you guys roll your eyes because it's such a cliche and you already know this, but let's let us count the many ways. <clears throat> there's, there's the problem of the overhead light stand. Those are one of the worst things. Do you have any idea how so many people are able to work? No. I don't understand it at all. I mean, it says that we are the quarter cases. That's what it says. See, I I think we're the silent majority. The ones who are literally suffering from the non-silent flickering lights. Oh, right. That are just at a certain hertz that makes my head... You ever had that with in the old days with a CRT monitor or CRT screen or certain resolution you could like get instantaneous, like almost a seizure from it? Well, yeah, it's actually funny enough, especially on my, on my PC where I had so many different options and you'd have to get exactly the right refresh rate and kilohertz or whatever, or you would see a visible, I mean, take a photo of your CRT monitor and like, you'll see those old school lines on it Mm -hmm. because your camera is fast enough to show you what your brain already knows, which is that you're losing your mind. But, um, I mean, setting aside the jokey stuff, um, I think one that drives people a little bit crazy is this whole idea of what we might call distraction or interruption. And I think there's a difference. As I've said before, I think a distraction is something that takes your attention away from you that you may or may not have control over, but you actually may have control over. Whereas an interruption is something that you kind of can't stop from happening. So if, uh, if you hear, like, and you're expected to go in because it's Jeannie's birthday, like, that's an interruption. You have to stop what you're doing and go. Otherwise, you look like kind of a tool. People are going to come up and talk to you because they got a job to do, too. And then sometimes I think it's just hard to be around coworkers. Anyway, we, we've been through all these things. <clears throat> you poor bastards have been through all of these things. So the artful thing, as you like to say, I think is to figure out when it's the right time to get away and to understand when it's useful, to, if you need to, to make a case for why you need to get away. And I think it's kind of a shame how often we need to make that case. Don't you? Oh, yeah. That's well, first of all, let me, let me trace back in the stack. Right. Roll, roll. Um, give, give, me, give, give me your thoughts on the, on the atmos- <clears throat> excuse me, office atmosphere issue. You're talking about everything from what? Lighting to, to noise to distraction to it's all a lot of like a, It's a lot like a career zoo it's, or, or, or uh, being in school. Like you're, you're cast into this room full of people that you would never in a million years choose as friends or relatives. You don't get, you don't get to pick who these folks are and you just have to learn to get along with them. It's, it is, it's a lot like junior high with a water cooler. And so, you know, you're thrust into that and you're going to have to find a way to deal. You're going to have to find a way. And I mean, I've joked, not joked, but I've mentioned that a client that I had, had this, uh, Really, really great company. Really, really so smart. Huge company you guys have heard of. And they had a class that was very informally referred to um, as how to wear pants class. And anybody who came in as an engineer or developer would have to go to how to wear pants class. Because they, if you had just done CS or you had just been to college, like think about what a dork you were when you came out of college and you had no idea. Like you'd wear, you'd way overdress like for a job interview and you look like Peter Brady or something like that. People don't know how to act in an office. You know, and I, I, I know I struggled with that. 
I didn't know what was appropriate and inappropriate. I've certainly been around people. There was one guy uh, who was our marketing guy at the dot com. And all he would, he would talk very loudly on the phone. I assume there was a person on the other end, but he would talk very, very loudly in a cube farm about women he had seen that weekend. Nice. These are not dates. These are not conversations. He would talk, he had just moved to San Francisco and he would talk very loudly and proudly about women he had seen in different places and he would describe them in a way that somebody in the furthest corner of the office could hear. And this is, I think, just, I would have to say, like, a, thank God for my Diamond Rio because I could put on the noise, Sony noise-reducing headphones and, like, have a prayer of, of getting something accomplished. Well, this but, is, you know, this is something that, that you see a lot of the time in, in an office. I had a guy... Uh, working with me in one office where we actually had our own offices, but it was considered inappropriate and impolite to shut your door unless you were having a meeting. Like you couldn't work with the door shut. That right. was, that was with one exception, which was like the finance lady and she did it. But anyone else, if you were to shut your door, it was, it was like impolite. It meant you were inaccessible. It was bad. It was bad form to do that. I remember there was one guy who'd walk through the halls and he was like there, you know, the main sales slash marketing type guy. And I mean, he was, you could hear him coming a mile away and he'd be bellowing and he'd be talking loud and he didn't care. And, you know, he, he's, he's one of the, the highest ups in the bit in, in, in the whole company. He didn't care. He'd say, and he'd just stop, talk outside your office, you know, and have a little meeting right outside. Irrelevant. He'd do it. He didn't just do it to me. He did it to everybody. And That's just so annoying. And nobody could say anything. And you'd be like sitting there and they'd be like right at the, at the edge of your door. So that you see sort of like part of his butt, one leg and the elbow poking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I do. and they'd be standing there and they'd be talking and he'd be talking and he'd be like, why are you right there? Like I wish we, one of those lights would fall on him. <laughs> oh my God. And see now what, what I found a lot is they have this, uh, and, and this is what I wanted to ask you. I've had the private office. I've had the open office. Well, actually, I've never had an open office. I've had cubes. And, then, and now they have this open office thing where you have people uh, sitting together at, uh, in, in an open office and tables and things like that. And I never worked in that. We kind of have that here uh, at, at the studio here. And I always thought that if you have people who are working on a similar project, if they're working together on something, it kind of creates a fun atmosphere as long as they're respectful. But there's something weird that happens with the cube walls where the people – it's like it's like if you're in your car and you think you can like air guitar, <laughs> people can see that. Right. And yeah. it's like if you're in a cube, somehow the wall that's there, it's actually like – well, no one can hear me really. I can do whatever I want. I can talk on the phone. I can do whatever. And no one's, I'm not bothering anyone because I'm in my cube. It's like, like when a, when a baby covers his or her, his or her own eyes and thinks that you can't see him. Right. I, I think you're bringing up, a, actually, you make me think of two different things. So yes, I, I totally agree. And it is very weird, but I'll tell you the phenomenon it reminds me of. First of all, public transit. Um, you know, is a mess. You, you don't, you don't get it. I mean, not only do you like not get a guarantee of a seat, you don't really get a guarantee of anything. Like the train just might stop and you have to get off and, and walk or something like that. But also there is kind of this weird concept of like my seat. Like you don't have your seat. Right, right. You pay $2 like every single person on here who didn't just sneak on. Like that's not your seat and you don't get two seats so you can put your, your cello on there or something like that. <laughs> 
Or at least your viola. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, but isn't that funny how like we have this, especially in America, and uh-huh. God, you really know, not to be ping pong, but you really notice this in my neighborhood where a lot of the folks in my neighborhood have an extremely different sense of personal space. They say the average uh, two Americans, who t- turns out, the average two Americans talking to each other stand just far enough apart that if they stretch their arms out, they could put their thumbs in each other's ears. Mm. That's the heuristic. But yeah. that's kind of gross, isn't yeah. it? I don't know. It is gross. Do you want to test that out in public, you think? No, but in that I'm, case, you're in it. You're what? Could you be in any more of a public sphere? But like I, I post, you've seen probably my photos of uh, people clipping their toenails on the train. That's a thing people do here. Uh, take off shoes. Take off shoes. Start clipping a toenail. Are you, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, I'll put the photo up. Um, it happens. No, it's a thing. don't. First I time don't. I was on, first time I was in the New York Times <laughs> uh, was for a <laughs> camera photo I took. Is this when a, you were sorry, described as a hipster season, te- season technologist? No, I took a photograph of the, 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 the library uh, near our home that my daughter and I go to all the time. There was a man um, in, by, by the side of the library, and not to use the, in the parlance of our time, not a homeless man, but a home ed man, you could tell, um, urinating on a tree while children were walking by. He just decided that he was going to urinate there. And um, so that's somebody with a real different sense of public space. Mm. Now, here's a great example. Now, what's weird is when you describe what living in San Francisco is like, I actually feel like you, you stand out as exemplary and a very well-kept uh, person. Oh, you mean like on the continuum as they yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, relative to your surroundings, you are, you know, wearing the same two t-shirts several days in a row oh, is actually, nothing. yeah, yeah. that's, that's I, not, that's not weird. I'm like the Scarlett Johansson of not pooping on the street. Um, think about a plane. Right, the plane. Think about that pocket. Oh, no, I'm transitioning. Yes. Okay. Right. No, but think about that. First of all, you know, in that case, yes, you do have your own seat. But like, uh, it's funny. There's a. Oh man, there's a great. Uh, I say this every week. Um, this week's uh, This American Life was a rerun from 1998, and I'm pretty sure it's a live show in San Francisco with David Sedaris, uh, Sarah Val, and Annie Lamott. And I think it might be one. It's definitely one of the first This American Lifes I ever remember hearing. Because I really remember David Sedaris is when he does his Billy Holiday imitation and stuff. Um, first time I heard that. But Annie Lamott talks about being on a plane, and she so perfectly describes, you know, that not wanting someone to talk to you on a plane. And, you know, there's tricks like where you can hold up a book. But you know, like in my case, when I'm on a plane, like I really like you'll hear somebody talking to no one in particular, and you'll go like, oh my god, oh my god, that person's so going to try and talk to people. They're talking way too loud. Like, ah, uh, oh, these seats are small. Oh, <laughs> and you're like, oh God, please shut up, shut up, shut up. Because this, the, the, the thing is, where, where I'm going with this is that on a plane, if you've flown more than once, please learn that there is a culture of being on a plane. And, and you know, I'm not talking about crying babies. I'm talking about like, share the armrest, please. Like, you know, in my case, I never put my seat back because I'm a gentleman. No, I but never put just, it back. Never. Just just oh, are you kidding me? Never. It's a domino effect. It's a oh god damn, that's a program right there. And you that know what I sh- do? I I will become the sacrificial lamb. You'll be the you'll be the one. Everybody in front of you goes. Yeah, and you know what I'll do? I'll say I'll stop this right here. The buck stops with Dan, and I keep the. Ch- and you know what? Nobody behind me has to put the chair down. And you don't say Seat anything. Back. No, exactly. Nobody has to put their chair down. But, but, you know, there's all kinds of things like, I, you know, I try really hard not to like when I'm getting in there, like a big fat guy, like a fat guy, like grabs your seat, like to, to steady himself, not fat, but you know, portly or American and like everything's shaking, <laughs> kind of shaking around and they're right. flapping the window up and down and they're like playing with everything. And like, but to me, like you get on a plane and it's like, 
you, you're in such tight quarters, especially today, that you have to really be mindful about letting everybody else have their space, which includes sense of smell, right? Like I have twi- maybe twice in my life brought food onto a plane and because it's so gross. I told you about the girl who filled up, a, the woman who filled up an entire seat and she had a medium pizza. She brought a medium pizza on the plane. What's gross about, I, I'm not saying I do this because I don't, I don't like to eat. Well, imagine being places. on a plane, first of all. Okay, done. And then somebody comes on with a medium pizza mm-hmm. and you, now you have to smell somebody's food on a plane. They sit down and they pull out a freaking hoagie. And like now you have to, and Hoagie, let's be honest, it smells like BO. They're real tasty. And no offense to Philadelphia, but, but you get a grinder or a Hoagie or a cheesesteak. Do people or a, not know what a Hoagie is by now? A sandwich. This is a Subway sandwich, except the actual it's a real sub, thing. It's a submarine. The, the real thing. Yeah. And no, there's no artisanal uh, Italian cheesecake bread or whatever right, the hell right. they call it. Um, and I don't think that happens enough in offices. You're right. The, 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 little walls between our cubes. Um, you know, I, I think it turns out over time, I think there's been a lot of change in the conventional wisdom about this. So certainly you can go read everything Joel Spolsky has to say about developers having their own office for a uh, second, third time I visited Twitter when they're in their new office, they sat like the, almost the entire staff, except for four or five people sat at like basically a series of picnic tables. Like, can you imagine, imagine like five picnic tables in such a way that it looks like a, like a fest house. It looks like a, like a beer hall mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody is sitting at those things with their Mac laptops in like a, a room with no carpeting. Like, yeah, it just, it, it sounds, were they it, on the it, phone a lot? No. See, well, I that's feel like thing. if you're, if you're on the phone a lot, you either need a private office or you need to be in with other people who are probably in sales. If they're selling, you know, real estate or stocks or whatever it is that they need to... This is Nyborg. This is Harriet Nyborg. Yeah, those people can be together on the, on the phone with each other. I think that's fine. But I think Well, that, and some places now have like a like little quiet rooms where you can go and have little meetings or stuff like at Square. They have these really cool things that look like a booth at an Italian restaurant that like you go into this little plush area because uh, I think they have too much money. God bless them. But you go in there and you can like have a conversation or a phone call and it doesn't echo all over this entire giant room. Things like that are, are good. But you know, you, you're on to something bigger though also, which is just being aware of, the, like, yes, all the people around who don't need to hear about the Swedish woman you saw. Like, you don't need to hear that. You don't need to hear Johnny Bizdev talking about his net net on opening the kimono. Like, you don't need to hear that. But I mean, to get more specific about this at uh, minute 70, um, there are times where there are certain kinds of work and certain modes of thinking that I find much easier to accomplish or much less difficult to accomplish by going somewhere else. You know, like they say, you should never go with a hip hippie to a second location. Like, but, but I think it, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Jack Donaghy. Um, but uh, you know, for things like creative work or for even like a heads down programming thing, like having, having to write anything, like, I, I, I don't understand people who are able... Some people love writing around other people. I've been invited to come to things where people write together. Like, they're just sitting always, together, they're writing together. I don't understand why, why people will go to a coffee shop that's incredibly uh, loud, and then they'll put their headphones on, their noise-canceling headphones, right? and they'll say, I'm like, why are you even there? I think people want them to see the sticker that's on their computer. Yeah, I got a lot of stickers. 
I have, one, I have one sticker on my computer and it's pretty sweet. Mine's the back to work one. Big so, red and black X. You know, my ladies both uh, have stickers on their things. Thank you for sending those. What are you going to do with those? Are you going to give those away? Yeah, we're going to start giving away stickers. Dude, those are really nice stickers. My daughter put one on her door. I think cool. I sent you a photo cool. of that. Yeah, yeah. And my, my, wife right. put, my wife put one on her Moleskino. So, and they've never heard the show though. So that's not a problem. I'm not <laughs> that's bitter about it. That's why they were willing to put it on. I'm not bitter about it. Oh, I know. You know like, like that buys them a pass. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have here on my book a sticker of your thing. I don't know. <laughs> not that I'm angry. <laughs> um, it's funny you should say that though, because I think there are, yeah, sure. There are probably silly reasons to go to a coffee shop or whatever. And God knows there are enough like a uh, startups, <laughs> startup. What does that even mean anymore? Like where people just go and like they hang out and do their meetings there and then go back home and work or whatever. But I, I, I take your point though about like, it depends on what you're going to do. But like I, I, as somebody with ADD, um, when it was more severe for me, it did help me a lot to like listen to music while I did things. I could never listen to like NPR. I would be too distracted. Uh, <laughs> Why are we that people at computer? Why no longer do people drink from a well? <laughs> I, do not, I do not like Kindle. Why I want to read highlight from other person. Highlight. <laughs> I used to love him. I, I had a subscription to Exquisite Corpse. I had oh a subscription God. to an Andre Kudrescu joint. And now I want to literally throw my radio out of the window every time he talks. <laughs> you want to write the book? Um, <laughs> quoting my own not funny bit. God, it's a terrible episode. <laughs> it's the best. This is the kind that will go down. People will be writing into us saying, this is, this is what we want. As you know, I'm not a physician, but I think one of the things that various kinds of ADD medicine and various ADD treatments seek to do, well, the whole idea is you have to bring up your dopamine level. And there are lots of things that can bring up your dopamine level. Um, ones we talked about, for example, my shrink told me about, is like walking around in nature. And he's not the kind of guy to say, go walk in nature. But being around the visual complexity of things like leaves and grass um, actually can stimulate dopamine. There's a reason that every hotel and casino in Las Vegas looks the way it does. That complicated carpeting is helping you generate dopamine. All of those, that dearth of right angles in a casino is helping you generate dopamine. All those machines are helping you generate dopamine. Right. They're making you a little bit more happy and in the moment. So one of my ways for generating dopamine was like, you know, listening to the wrens really, really loud and like on repeat. And that would be, I don't know if this is like a, a strictly ADD thing, but that would give my brain, it would always be, I want it to be like an REM record or something that I was really, really, really familiar with usually the rents, but play it on repeat. And that would be just enough for some little distractible part of my brain. This is my model. This is not medicine. Just enough um, useful distraction um, to keep some part of my brain that would otherwise go other places. It would help it be occupied. And then I could kind of concentrate on stuff. So I think, when, I think one thing is when people go to a place... Now, wait a minute. And, and before, but, uh, uh, freeze, yeah. freeze. Do you think that your capacity... For that kind of distraction changes as you get older. For because here's why. You know what I used to code to? Mm. Beastie Boys. Right. And I listen to that now, sure, but I couldn't write code to that now. I still write code, but I couldn't like sit down and like play the Beastie Boys and write code anymore. I know something really? changed. Yeah, something changed in my brain that it has to be. A, if if I'm going to listen to music, which I I don't do a lot while I'm working, uh, and I mean working in the context of writing code or just writing, I can do that. 
but it, it has to be something that isn't, that doesn't demand your attention in quite so much of a way. Does that make any sense? Anyway, it does. It does. Well, I mean, the general point, I think absolutely makes sense. I don't know if it would change in the same way for everybody, but yeah, I mean, I've had times where, I mean, it's weird when I would do any kind of heads down work where I would just step. And what do we, you know, you know what we mean by that? Anything where you've got to concentrate on something with a fair amount of effort over, you know, more than a small amount of time where you don't want to be distracted. Um, I mean, of all, I mean, in, in all of this, it helps a lot that it's something you want to or need to do. It has to be a passionate task. If it's something you don't care about, then it doesn't matter what you listen to because you're not going to do it anyway. But yeah, it's funny. In that case, like I think of, on a continuum, um, there were some times when I would listen to uh, Brian Eno's Music for Airports, like the, the prototypical ambient album. Like I would listen to that on repeat. But then sometimes I would listen to, um, uh, what's that song? Born Slippy. You love know? that song. It's a great song. Yeah. I would just listen to that, the nine minute version of that that's on the best. repeat. I've for hours. See, that's that's the kind of song you can listen to. And and for some reason that would that would really help me focus. But in but the, here again, the McGuff, that's a McGuffman. Because the truth is that like, is it something you really want to be doing? Now, now, getting back to the office, I think one thing that's so frustrating is if there is something you really want to be doing, like let's say you really want to um, I don't know. Could you know? I don't know how much. Like, it depends. Okay, yeah, I guess you could be a reporter or something. God, I mean, go back and watch like uh, all the President's Men because that's a really good movie. But look at how they worked. Like in this one ginormous room with like electric typewriters and people rolling carts around mm-hmm. and drinking coffee. I mean, boy, I guess you get used to that and you have to do that because you got the copy boy coming by. But, um, but you know, if you care a lot about what you're doing, it will really drive you bananas. You know, it, it's funny because I think like if there's something where I, I like I hate being in the office, I'm going to notice the guy talking about Swedish girls in his parlance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to notice that because I'm kind of hating my job and I don't love what I'm doing today. But let's say I'm really excited about what I'm doing. Like I'm not writing documentation, <laughs> which I had to do. Um, you know, uh, let's say I was working on some really fun part of this where I got to be creative and go into Photoshop and image ready and slice this up in a fun way. You know, the kind of stuff I really enjoyed doing. Like I got to go update the button styles or something that was, you know, like just, it might be like light, it might be kind of production work, kind of design work, but I'd be really into that. But I'd also have to be concentrating about like where I'm dragging the mouse and where I'm going to put the slices. I don't know why I'm thinking about ImageReady so much, but I love that app back then. But if, and if I wanted to concentrate on that and I was in a situation where let's say I like it would not be appropriate to have headphones on, that would also drive me bananas. But, but back then, I mean, I could occasionally, like if I've been arguing with somebody at work, we could go like sit on a bench and, and talk it out or something. But it wasn't, I mean, it was a dot com and we were going to be rich. Mm-hmm. And oh, we yeah. were really supposed to be in there pretty much all the time. I mean, I drive, I, there was a while there, especially when things got weirder, where like, you know, first of all, what is now a 35 minute drive used to take two hours. If you left, if you left San Francisco, you know how this is sometimes? Um, I ran into this when I was in LA. Like, if you leave an hour early, you'll save two hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In this case, like, if I left at my house at 5.30, it would take, like, 45 minutes. Whereas if I left my house at 7, it might take two hours. And so, anyway, I was in the office, like, a lot of the time. And then at home, I would work or whatever. And by work, it was all dot-com stuff. So, it was a shell game anyway. But I think... Okay, so in the little bit of time we have left, there's, I think there's two interesting directions here. One is like, when do you know it's the right time 
to get away and where do you go to? And then a very quite different thing is like, what if you feel like it's maybe not okay for you to get away in that situation? So one is about our personal decision-making about the best environment to work Mm -hmm. where we have a little control. And the other one is about the cultural impact of a place where you feel the pressure or the guilt or the whatever to not go somewhere. Do you have a preference? Is one of those more interesting to you? Hmm. I, I, I like, say the, oh, go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say the first one. First because, one yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, we're always going on about the second one. Um, I have this thing back when I used to make things. Um, I, 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 I always felt like, um, you know, even before the iPhone came along, I mean, you know, certainly in the age of the laptop, um, I always, I, I would sometimes feel like, you know, the joke, um, <laughs> the joke on Seinfeld about, uh, you know, getting ready to go on like a very short trip and George shows up with all this luggage and, uh, and Jerry says, who are you, Diana Ross? <laughs> and he has to like, you know, be able to dress for the mini moods of George. And uh, that was me. Like I would, I would have a backpack with every conceivable thing I could ever need in it. So first of all, I spent half an hour packing a backpack to like go somewhere that wasn't where I was. Right. So I got to bring my MP3 player and my headphones and my laptop and all these books and this binder full of uh, specs and guidelines for design and whatever. Right. Like I, folders. Like this is back when we had folders for everything. So I would take these giant accordion folders full of stuff. And, and then I would be kind of surprised sometimes when that didn't work out that great and my back hurt. So something I started doing, and I said this a long time ago in 43 folders, far from the first person to say this. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself if you're in a creative rut or if you just need to, to do something different, is to take literally, <laughs> like, I would say maybe even, unless you're like sketching or something, I would say don't even bring a whole notebook. I would say, I would say bring, and if you're going, something I have done is like go and buy like a kid's spiral bound cheap notebook and buy, bring one pen. <laughs> <laughs> one pen and like one thing to write on. Annie Lamott in uh, Bird by Bird talks about how she always carries around a couple index cards, like folded lengthwise and kept in her pocket. So like if she's walking her animal, you know, she, mm, she can um, just whip out an index card and write down whatever she's thinking about. Um, when, um, when I'm feeling like I need that feeling to get away and be more creative, um, there's several things to unpack here. One is a minimum of tools. Like don't bring every tool you think you might need. Give yourself a constraint of I'm just going to work on this one thing. Because here, you know, if it turns out that you need, you know, some uh, oil paints and, <laughs> and a canvas and a, uh, an easel, well, maybe that's something you can work on next time. But why don't you pick one thing you want to work on and then limit your options? So, and, and seriously, I mean, like, it sounds silly, but sometimes I will go downtown. I, I always have my iPhone with me now because kids and whatever, but I'll shut it all the way down sometimes, put my headphones in my backpack, not my pocket, and um, I'm, what I might do is I might go and go to Patrick and Company on uh, Market near Montgomery. I will go there and buy a notebook and a new pen. Yay, I get a new pen. I get a new notebook. Fresh. And I will go somewhere that I have never been before. And I'll sit down and work on the thing I wanted to work on. And now there is not, literally no excuse in the entire world for me to not be able to do something. And like, if you can't figure out what creative thing to do with the most basic tools of your trade, you should not be in that trade and you don't deserve the tools. If I'm a writer and I can't sit down with a single writing instrument and a piece of paper, then I should just hang it up or I should come back another day if I'm being nice to myself. Do you know what I mean though? Like, you, you know, that's the thing is we can look at the whole office situation and look at it like the plane, uh, you know, as John likes to say, uh, what does he call it? A S H I T 
barge full of long pigs, like just a big tube of farts, you know, um, that's the, we could look at our office as this horrible thing that's making us small and uncreative, which it certainly can. But the truth is, as many of us learn once we quit is that once we're (laughs) on our own, we don't have an excuse anymore. There's, there's nothing to stop us from doing, even if you got five minutes, this goes way back to some old topics, but you know, like Don Murray says, you can just sit down while the, while the coffee's brewing. Like, how's that for a work environment that's away from the office? You know, if you, if you wrote 15 minutes a day, you would write so much stuff. If you just found a way, like maybe during lunchtime, pack a lunch or bring something small and go sit on a bench you'd never been on before. If that doesn't work, you know, try the Starbucks. But I mean, I guess what I'm, one thing I'm getting at is that in all of this, here we go again. Sometimes it comes down to you don't know what you should be doing or you don't care about it. And it's easy enough to blame your environment for being the thing that's making that happen the way that it is. And you really find out who you are when all you have is a sheet of paper and a pen in that case. So, you know, you can try all those different things, but, you know, the other issue that we might want to do in a different episode, even though it's kind of an episode we've done 50 times is, you know, what do you do to improve an environment like the one we're describing? Like, you know, can you improve that environment? Can Can it be improved or do you have to just run away? Well, yeah, because here's the problem that you've already kind of identified, mm-hmm. which is that dude with the arm and the elbow, like he is <laughs> an earner. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, no, they, and they love him. And you are wanting, the leads are weak. Like that guy, <laughs> if that guy can get them to sign on the line, which is dotted, he's probably more valuable, perceived as being more valuable to the company than you are, and he can talk all he wants. Tech boy, right? So that's, that's a tough situation. I don't know a way to solve that problem, but in, in the long run, you're going to face that creative hurdle problem um, in a way that means a lot more than whether or not you like the people in your fart tube. Uh, you're going to have to just deal with that. You know, I, I had to be in an office for a, a work thing, uh, two offices in the last couple of weeks. And like, I don't know how people do it. I just feel like I get one tenth as much done if I'm in an environment like that. It just feels like everything takes so long to do. And there's so many, like, like it's just, you know what it makes me think? I, I should wrap this up. But what it makes me think is, like, I am really not well-suited for that kind of environment, right? So, like, if I had still, like, had this, and I'm not trying to be quit guy or something, but, like, if I had kept those kinds of jobs, like, I can certainly do that. I could certainly go into an office and tell people what they're doing wrong. Like, I'm, I can do that for a little while. But, like, I don't know if I would want like a, an even semi-permanent position at a place like that or a semi-regular thing because uh, I don't know. It's not like I'm sitting around making all this great stuff right now, but maybe one to close on is like, if you go through this stuff enough and you turn that frustration into some kind of motivation to try something different, um, see what helps you make the things that are valuable to you, even if that is something in image ready that's going to be cut up into JavaScript buttons. Um, you can find what those things are, but also never lose track of the fact that you do need to care about your JavaScript buttons. Otherwise, there's no environment that's going to suit you. And, and the harrowing thing that I will suggest to all of you guys, if there's a thing you've been wanting to do, maybe you're going to work on your, I don't know if there's such a thing as Silk Spectre 2 cosplay. I should probably Google for that and see if that exists. <laughs> yeah. mm, good morning. Um, but if you're, if, you're designing your, if you're designing your next black cat outfit, or you're trying to think about some ideas for a business, a business you'd like to start, or you'd like to grab your cool noteboard, uh, whiteboard, and go somewhere and do a mind map of you know options for you've been fired and now you want to think about options for your next job. Go somewhere and try a different environment. Go somewhere that you haven't been, and then don't worry about the tools. Don't worry about the people, because uh, when you do that, um, 
you're, you're going to spice yourself till your butt falls out because you're going to realize how much it is really all on you. <laughs> you're so spice. We almost pulled that one out. I, I know. The plane was the plane was headed toward the ground. <sighs> Mickey, do you think I should see a chiropractor? Be honest. Um, I mean, I think you should see somebody. Yes. The chiropractor is not a bad place to start, but it depends. Uh, some people will, I, I mean, I've been a chiropractor and they, they were helpful to me, but somebody oh my God. like John oh my God. Syracuse would say no. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What are we doing? We are, oh my God. We are literally astride. We are butt deep on the third rail. Do you know how much email you're going to get about chiropractors now? Well, I don't care. Okay. Because I think the thing is you don't go once and, and get a little nudge. I think it's a lifestyle thing. I think they hook you up to the e-meter and make sure you got the same polarity in both your bike legs. Yeah, I don't buy into all that stuff. Well, you don't now, but wait till they hook you up to the chirometer. You have a lot of tension down here. And yeah, he- they, they did a thing where they, one place I went, they, they did the, a scan, which took a long time where you're standing there and then, and then they, they, like a, like a pet, like a pet scan, like a, like a, a well, it was a hamster KG. scan and they, they basically run this thing up and down your back and then they print it out and they're like, look, the right side of your back is doing more work than the left side of your back. Does the right side of your back hurt more? And I said, yeah, that's what I called on the phone and talked about. <laughs> and they're like, well, it shows it here in this thing. Oh, well, then it must be science. Yeah, I mean, like they, it so was right. Weird. I'm not saying it wasn't right. It was right. But I'm like. Why couldn't I have just told you that? Dan, hmm, I don't know you very well, but just talking to you today. Traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, I'm all about that. Now here's the email. That's where the emails will come in. I'm very tempted to try it. I hear good things. I'll pay for it. You'll pay for it. You will literally pay for my acupuncture. Yeah. Do I get a full release with that? Do I have to sign a release? <laughs> I'm if sure I you release, get a sign a release. I don't I know release, if you get a full If I release, will I get the flu? I think I think the only way to not get the flu would be to get acupuncture. I should wear one of those masks. Not in a bad bird, way. The bird flu mask? Yes. Are you talking about the ones with the uh, plague masks where you look like you're in the clan or spy versus spy? I like, yeah, I like it where you have the whole thing that goes down the whole tube like a bird. Yeah. An and then they, they stuff it with herbs so you don't smell the rotting corpses. Mm-hmm. You know, if I imagine a woman in there instead of a man, it totally changes my vision of it. Yeah, now you're into it, aren't you? Masquerade. It's kind of hot. <laughs> Mm, ooh la la. Yeah. 32A. You want to button this up? Let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Mm-hmm.